0: superstition or just an apparition you suddenly appear inside my heart does this strange romance and the ghost of a chance welcome to from the bleachers i'm your host as always seamus clancy coming to you from the wonderful gluten grenation radio podcast Network. now i recording this thursday afternoon we are just Six days for you when you're listening to this on Friday. Hopefully you're listening to this on Friday because it would just dropped. For me, seven days away from the start of this NFL season. Yes, it's Tampa Bay versus Dallas. I hate Tampa Bay because of 2002 still. I hate Tom Brady because of 2004 still. And I hate the Cowboys because of literally everything. But I'm still amped to watch real NFL football in just one week. And we'll be having tons of content out there on the Bleeding Green Nation website and on bleedinggreennation.com and on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube page. I'm recording live on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. The link to it will be in the podcast description on your podcast platform of choice. Subscribe, follow on there. Where we're going to bring in you great content here all season long, whether it's YouTube, the website, bleedinggreennation.com, or the great BGN radio. Getting ready for Eagle season. But right now, preseason is over. We're in the midst of real-life, legitimate fantasy football season. Some people draft early in August. I've done a couple of August drafts. I think I'm in five leagues this year. I usually get in around five. Who knows? Someone might invite me to something in like two days. I'm in six or seven leagues. But we'll see. I have a draft this upcoming Sunday. But I've done – I'm in in the middle of a draft right now, one of those long dynasty league drafts. And we're going to be talking about that too. But I want to understand and illustrate how this Eagles roster and these people and players on the Eagles will fare during this fantasy football season, because there is some intriguing offensive skill position talent on this Eagles roster. Yes, they're maybe being overlooked nationally. They're not. A, they're not an offensive powerhouse. This isn't the Titans. This isn't the Chiefs. The Packers or the Bills. But I still think this is this roster is very very talented offensively. And you have some chances for guys that maybe are later round picks can outperform their draft position and hopefully help you win some money and bragging rights with your friends. Big fantasy football guy. We're going to have some content all season on bleeding your We'll be having a fantasy Friday column. So this is kind of an Eagle specific preview, but then all season long, every Friday I'll be talking Eagles and then players league wide for fantasy football purposes, trying to give you all, the best information possible. You know, not everyone's a pro at this. I'm not a pro. No one's amazing. No one wins all their leagues. But I'm in a lot. I've won fantasy football leagues before. My claim to fame is in the 2019 season. I went undefeated in fantasy football and won the championship in a 12-team league. I had Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, Mark Andrews, George Kittle. I was running through teams. So I'm trying to help you do that. And embarrass all your friends. So you're not the one who has to sit in a Waffle House for 24 hours trying to scuff down as many Waffles as possible so you can get the hell out of there. I don't want you to do that. I want your nitwit friends to be the one stuck in Waffles. Let's get into the Eagles. First person everyone's going to think of, for offensive purposes, for fantasy purposes, is the quarterback. Jalen Hurts. Maybe not one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year on a legitimate basis. In terms of what's happening on the field. But for fantasy purposes, I think we'll easily be a top 10 fantasy football quarterback this season. Crunch some numbers. And his four starts last year, Jalen Hurts averaged 68 yards per game. Boom, you're getting you know 50, 60 yards probably. I bet he averages around 40, 50, 45, 50 yards per game rushing this year maybe more. I don't think it's unrealistic. We talked about this in the past that it gets to like 900, even a thousand yards mark, the way Lamar has in the past. If You look at his last four starts this last season, compared to how Lamar Jackson fared as a starter at the end of the 2018 season, they're pretty similar. They're pretty similar. And while Hurts probably isn't going to win the NFL MVP in his second season, his first season of the full-time starter like Lamar did, he can have a gigantic fantasy impact. And if you get him in a certain round get him late, Compared to some other top quarterbacks around the league, you might be he might be the steal of the draft for you to help you win your league. Did some numbers, Hertz, and those four games averaged twenty three fantasy points per game as a quarterback, taking in rushing yards, interceptions, fumbles, loss, passing touch on passing yards, everything. That's pretty good. The round I've been targeting Hertz in my leagues is around you know eight and nine is where I'm trying to take him out if I'm in a league if I haven't drafted you know Patrick Mahomes. Or Kyler Murray early, but I don't think it's uh, unreasonable that Hurts can have a similar performance to Kyler Murray himself, who I think we can consider a top three fantasy quarterback there this year, behind Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I think that's a top three nucleus, top tier, because of you know Mahomes is is you know god level player and Allen. And Murray brings so much value as runners. There's a phrase in the fantasy football world called the Konami quarterback, like the Konami code playing Nintendo, Atari way back when. The secret code to unlock things. Konami QB is a quarterback that can impact the game as a rusher and bring you that added value that you usually get from running backs, those easy rushing yards to pick up. When he can do that and also throw 275 yards a game and a touchdown or two per game, that guy is providing excellent, excellent value for you. So if you're in that eight to nine range, some quarterbacks, sometimes you might have to take him earlier. If you are really in on Hertz. if you think there's going to be a run on quarterbacks, there already started to be a run on quarterbacks and he's your guy, Maybe take be taking round seven, but I'd rather take him in round eight or nine than say, take who, uh, you know, Derek Carr in round 13 or something like that. I think he is better for you or, you know, maybe you pair him, maybe you draft him and you get your second quarterback a little earlier. Maybe you go for a Trey Lance who might not start right away, but you pair with him at the closer to the end of the draft because Hurts is okay, but maybe he struggles early and later in the season. Trey Lance will probably be in that great Kyle Shanahan offense doing well if he wants to kind of plan. One thing I should have said earlier is the aspect of the Eagles being in our fantasy league. Probably a lot of you When you're doing this, your drafts and you're in your fantasy league, given that they're probably close friends that you grew up with or family members that obviously were around you growing up in the Philadelphia area, they're probably all Eagles fans. So I will say there is a tendency for maybe not you specifically who's watching or listening to this. If you're listening to BGN radio, you're probably a pretty hardcore Eagles fan pretty hardcore NFL fan, but some people do fantasy football. Fantasy football is fun for everyone, for everyone. It should be for everyone. It's fun. It's entertaining. It adds an extra spice to NFL season beyond just rooting for the Eagles wins and losses. But I think some people that are a little bit more casual have a tendency to overdraft players from their own teams. That it happens. That it happens to everyone. I think I took, we could talk about Quez Watkins in a little bit later. I'm in a dynasty draft right now. I took him in. The sixteenth round of my dynasty draft, i think his uh he was his ranking was around two eighty one on the sleeper app for the a lot of people might use sleeper for their dynasty leagues and then just for you know clarity purposes dynasty league is if you do a draft that's your team that's your team going forward you know that's your team forever, but you will supplant that with uh each. Spring, you'll do a rookie draft from players that get drafted in the NFL. That draft year off first, second, third round picks. So you are adding talent. But that nucleus from your first draft is your team going forward. So I think Quez is a guy who eh, – we'll get back to Quez in a second. So Eagles players may be overvalued in your specific leagues with your, you know, your tight social network of fellow Eagles fans. But if it's a situation we're in your league with maybe coworkers – who are from around the country or from around the area that might not be Eagles fans. I've been in work leagues before, um, back when I had an office job, before I was doing the Bleeding Green Nation thing and crushing it all the time. I was in some fantasy leagues, and there are people from all over uh, at the company, people that are Steelers fans, Giants fans, Jets, you know, people from you know up the Northeast Corridor, I guess you could say. People from Amtrak lands uh, played in the league, and they have fandoms from all over. So that's a situation where if you're in a league like that, Maybe Eagles players aren't overvalued, but that's just something to be worried from. Everyone wants to have Eagles on their team. Everyone wants the Eagles players to succeed. So it feels great if you have an Eagles player on your fantasy roster and they do well because that means they're doing well in the fantasy league and they're doing well for the Eagles in real life and you're feeling good. But the way I try to rationalize it is that even if I don't have an Eagles player on on my fantasy team that if they perform well in real life that's more important to me like people say like talk about fantasy oh the eagles lost my fantasy team did good shut the hell up i'd rather go zero and 16 and all five of my fantasy football leagues and you know lose 300 400 whatever all the fees add up to being if it means the eagles won every week uh, <laughs> so that's that's my motto that's my mentality there But we will talk about, like I talked about Hertz, there is value that you can find in these Eagles players. I look to the running back court, really intriguing this year. Miles Sanders, I've seen around the 40th or 50th in that 40 to 50 range, um, average draft spot. If you're in a PPR league, I'm kind of avoiding Miles Sanders right now. The drops last season very concerning the drops this summer. And I thought last season I talked about this in the podcast. Am I writing for Bleeding Some of the things I worried about the drops last year, because of how well Sanders performed as a receiver, as a rookie in 2019, I thought it might have been Carston Wentz's fault. His inability to throw accurate passes in the short intermediate game could have really affected Miles Sanders' his catches and uh, you know, statistically as a receiver. But in, in training camp, he still has the case of the drops. And I don't know if that's going to change in what hurts him is that the Eagles behind him have two superbly talented pass-catching running backs in Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. And maybe if it's a, you know, a standard league where it's not PPR, you're comfortable taking Miles Sanders as your RB2. But If it's PPR, I'm kind of avoiding Miles altogether. I think there's a realistic scenario. By the end of this year, Kenny Gainwell is getting as much run, as many snaps, as Miles Sanders, if an injury is to happen to Miles Sanders for some reason, he has been banged up at a different times in his career. I can see, you know, Kenny Gainwell giving him what the, uh, the Lou Gehrig, uh, you know, supplanting him and taking over right there. Uh, but uh, Gainwell is a guy I'm liking in my dynasty league that I've done recently. I took him in the 10th round of my dynasty league. So if it's in dynasty league, you want to draft some young rookies, some promising players. Gainwell's great there. But I think in that maybe the 10th round in a standard league, in a PPS, specifically a PPR league, I think getting Gainwell is going to be great. Uh, He might not get a lot of run earlier in the season. I'm going to see how miles does see him get acclimated to football because he hasn't played in a legitimate real football game since 2019. Don't forget. He sat out the entirety of the 2020 season because of code reasons and just to get ready for the NFL draft. So I think he's someone who might not perform super well out of the gate, But if you're keeping him on your bench by week five, six, seven, you might have a huge, huge role in this Eagles offense as their main pass-catching running back. And if he's getting all those third-down snaps and you're playing in a PPR league, getting a point for all his catches, he could be really, really valuable to say nothing of his caliber as a a runner too. And Boston Scott's a guy who, kind of the inverse of Kenny Gainwell, who might get those third-down snaps more than Miles Sanders, those extra snaps. As a good pass catcher and running back earlier in the season, but I think eventually that Gainwell will take more snaps away from both Bosco and Sanders, and potentially be specifically in a PPR league the, the most valuable Eagles running back to roll with this season. So I'm kind of avoiding Miles Sanders early if he falls, you know, down enough. Maybe just ground because you know he could, he'll still get a lot of rushing yards. I think he could still you know exert value there. But when we're talking about PPR, I think Gainwell is an undervalued asset. I don't want to call him an asset, just a person to have on your team. I don't want to say like we're owning these players or we're GMs, I'm just having fun. But I think Gainwell is an undervalued player, potentially in draft. specifically if you're not doing this with some other hardcore Eagles fans. I think Miles Sanders, because of his name recognition, because he was a second round pick, because he played at Penn State, might be slightly overvalued. So you're trying to find the inefficiencies in the market you're doing money ball for your fantasy football team go to the receivers uh fantasy pros is a great tool and website to check out for your fantasy football you need to check out some consensus rankings taking things from all over the internet putting them together and i've seen uh in their ppr list Devonte smith uh, is listed as the consensus number 40 wide receiver I think he's going to outperform that rankings again if you're playing in a league with some Eagles fans people might just jump on Devonte Smith he won the Heisman he's the first one rookie the Eagles going to force feed him and that actually might be true but necessarily he's a rookie wide receiver some have struggled historically but in the last handful half dozen years we've seen uh, rookie wide receivers burst out of the scene uh, we look, I looked at some examples from the last couple of years. Justin Jefferson had an historic rookie season, one offensive rookie of the year in 2020. He finished as the sixth overall wide receiver as a rookie. In 2019, A.J. Brown finished as the ninth wide receiver uh, as a rookie and then finished again in 2020 in his sophomore year as the ninth overall best receivers in PPR leagues. And then in 2019, D.K. Metcalf finished as a second-round pick finishes the 30th overall wide receiver as a rookie. And I think uh, Smith probably falls a little bit more closer to Metcalf in terms of immediate fantasy uh, impact. I think he won't be, he's not going to be a top 10 wide receiver. Probably this this league is overflowing with wide receiver talent, but I think he can finish in that 20 to 30 range. And I'm really excited what he can do for your fantasy team. And he, I think he'll have a monster season this year. He's my Offensive rookie of the year pick now, I don't think it'll necessarily be that, you know, tsunami, crazy impact that Jefferson had as a rookie with the Vikings, having the best rookie wide receiver season since Randy Moss in 1998, coincidentally with the Vikings as well. So I think Smith going to have a great season, but I don't expect him to have that Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, immediate top 10, top 15 wide receiver Impact For other guys, Quez Watkins, he's a guy who I think, you know, fantasy websites, whether it's Yahoo or ESPN, isn't privy to the fact that he's probably the number two wide receiver option in this op- offense, more even so than Jalen Reger based on how they performed in training camp, based on how they performed in preseason. What we saw briefly last year when Jalen Hurts was the starter out there working with the wide receivers, I think he will be the starting outside receiver opposite Devontae Smith with Jalen Rager working in the slot. I've seen some fantasy Instagram posts and and notes saying that Rager's a really undervalued player, someone you should target because he's an undervalued second-year player, disappointed as a rookie. I'm saying I'm staying away from Jalen Rager this year. I need to see it first. I'm taking Quez Watkins way over him, and he's getting drafted rounds and rounds and rounds later than Jalen Rager. So, Quez, I think I got him. He's a guy, and I wrote this in my mailbag for BGN this week. If he's your last, because he's so low on the draft boards, because when you have people in your head, guys in your head thinking that you're going to take, but when you're in the nitty-gritty and you have 90, 60 seconds to pick during your draft, you're kind of just looking at the players that are right there up on your screen, and Quez isn't going to be that high up. But if you're in a situation, you should use your last two picks for your kicker and defense for sure in your fantasy league because there's so much interchangeable value there. And, but if it's the, you know, your last positional pick or your second to last positional pick, grab Quez on a flyer, you know, have him on your bench week one, week two, see what his impact is. And if he ends up having a great rapport for Jalen Hurts and Hurts is airing the ball out a lot and he's the second wide receiver, the clear cut number two passing option behind Devontae Smith really valuable player. Someone who I have in two dynasty leagues, and I took with my second to last pick and a a separate fantasy, regular standard fantasy league. That's PPR, just 12-team redraftable league. As for the Eagles' tight ends, I'm kind of staying away from both of them right now. We saw in the press conference this week, Zach Ertz renewed his relationship with the The Eagles organization with Philadelphia says he wants to retire here. It looks for sure like he's going to be here and for this 2021 season. Maybe even said he wants to retire here. So maybe even get signed uh, after he becomes a free agent next offseason. And in a similar situation, the Eagles in the past have done heavy, heavy 12 personnel with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz on the field. And if it's a situation where the Eagles had dealt Zach Ertz earlier in this offseason or the summer or even just last week, I think Goddard is a clear cut top 10 tight end option. And you are seeing him go top 10, top even top eight amongst tight ends. You're seeing those rankings all over the internet. But I think that Zach Ertz is still going to have an integral role in this offense. I'm not exactly sure that Goddard can live up to that top 10, top eight performance. So for right now, I'm avoiding the Eagles tight ends. I love Dallas Goddard as a player. I think he's great. I think he's so valuable to the Eagles on the field and real, real football but I wonder how much he's going to have an impact fantasy-wise when he's sharing targets with Devontae Smith, with Quez Watkins, and we don't even know how the tight end situation is going to play out. We don't know how much Nick Sirianni is going to run, twelve personnel, probably more than we think, but maybe not as much as Doug Peterson has the previous three years. So I'm kind of waiting on the Eagles' tight ends. It could be a situation where maybe Zach Ertz could even go undrafted in one of your leagues in. He lights it up week one, week two, and you're grabbing him on the waiver wire. That could be a good move. So I'm not really targeting those guys, but if the situation you play daily fantasy, I'm not a huge daily fantasy guy. Maybe I'll become it this year. Who knows? But it's a situation where in the first two, three weeks of the season, you kind of figure out what roles both Ertz and Goddard had. Maybe those are guys worth targeting in daily weekly fantasy leagues rather than just your standard season-long fantasy league. And to finish up, Uh, We have at kicker, Jake Elliott, pretty uneven last season. He wouldn't be a guy I target right away. Uh, The Eagles probably won't have one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. So you're always looking for a guy who plays on a really potent offense or a guy who plays in the dome will have fair kicking conditions. So, you know, late in the season or late in their draft, not late in the season, I should say. Just kind of grabbing a random kicker, and you know, if the top guys go and you're the 10th guy to grab a kicker and you grab Jake Elliott, I think that's fine. But you know, he's not going to be one of my top kicking options. And for the Eagles defense, uh, I think a lot of people are like this. I'm a huge proponent of it. Just draft your defense late, you know, one of your last two picks and just kind of stream defenses all year. What streaming means on uh, fantasy football terms, different from streaming on Netflix or Hulu, is that each week you're changing your defense based on opponents. While the Jets defense might not be any good, maybe because of this specific opponent they're playing this week, they're playing a really weak offense and they're at home. You drop your one defense that's playing the Chiefs and picking up a Jets offense, the Jets defense is playing a poor offense, stuff like that. So you're not really going about because it fluctuates so much defensively year to year um, in terms of what defense excel in fantasy. And it's so dependent on the week-to-week opponents that you don't necessarily want to be locked into the same defense all season and looking at the Eagles early schedule the Eagles aren't a team that I would try to draft this year because I don't want to play them probably for the first six or so weeks of the season because they have they start off they have Atlanta we don't know how good they're going to be but they have been talented in the past offensively San Francisco you're going against Kyle Shanahan Dallas we'll see how Dak Proscott's hanging up a lot of injury issues Dallas should be concerned. Uh, Week four, we have the Chiefs, obviously Kansas City, probably the best offense in the NFL. You have a nice one in week five against Carolina. If you're doing streaming, it might be nice to stream the Eagles that week in week five down in Carolina. And then week six, they come back home, I believe, and play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're not going to want to play in the Eagles defense against Tom Brady. But it's a situation where maybe later in the season you're picking the Eagles up when they go against that on that run against some inferior competition against some of their fellow NFC East teams into November and December. I think this team could be in the top two or three. And Saxford for the lead, that's so so valuable. They're a team that in the last uh, few years since the Super Bowl season haven't caused or haven't forced a lot of turnovers. So I'm not going to be a team that I don't see Darius Slay hauling in four or five interceptions or anything like that. But I think this team can get to the quarterback. And that there's obviously value in there in terms of fantasy defenses. So not a team that I would draft probably in your actual address and not a team I would stream early in the season, probably start streaming them in week five and then depending on matchups, the rest of the season. I'm excited for fantasy. I'm excited for BGN radio. We're going to have a ton of great stuff for you come this season. We're going to have great instant reaction show. We just, Aton Shander announced he will be hosting this year. I'm going to be a guest at times. and are have a lot of fun doing that. And I also have another show, Cooking. Can't talk about it just yet, but I'm very, very excited for all the content we're going to be providing you for BGN Radio this season. So, again, follow Bleeding Green on Twitter, at Bleeding Green Insta on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. The link will be in your podcast description. And if you like my writing, like my content, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus Underscore Clancy. And be sure to subscribe to my Philadelphia sports newsletter, patreon.com backslash Seamus Undersour Clancy, the From Broad Street with another newsletter, bringing you Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers content every weekday morning for just $2 per month. That's it for me, I'm man. Next weekend, I'm gonna bring the hype. I'm gonna have like a hype, you know, those hype videos the Eagles make. Your YouTubers make. I'm bringing a hype podcast next week. Getting ready for Eagles Week One. Jalen Hurts first Week One start. Devontae Smith's first NFL game. Nick Sirianni's first game ever at any level as a head coach. Go Birds, baby. Go Birds, and keep leading green. C and